Welcome to the Shook But Not Shaken podcast presented to you by Highland College Ministry in Waco, Texas. My name is Drew Humphrey, and I am thankful that you have joined us today for this mini podcast, this little small mini pod, where we're going to start a new series called One Hit Wonders. One Hit Wonders is a series of looking to the minor characters in the Bible who can teach us major faith lessons. There are so many incredibly rich stories in the Bible that are only a few verses long or a chapter long. And of course, you know, if you've grown up around the Bible, you know the major characters, right? You know about Moses and David and the disciples and Paul and all these superheroes of the faith. But what about the gals and the guys in the in-between? The ones who are sort of in the background of these stories or who come and go in the midst and we only get a little bit of their life. What lessons can we learn from them and how can our faith grow from their stories being in the Bible? So let's jump in with our first one hit wonder. His name is Joseph Barsabbas. His last name or his nickname is Justice, J-U-S-T-U-S, Joseph Justice. Sounds pretty cool. We're going to just call him Justice because that's what he went by. Uh, in the Christian history accounts, they call him Justice. He shows up in the Bible, very short time in the Bible. It's Acts chapter 1, and this is right after the life, the ministry of Jesus, the crucifixion, the resurrection. Jesus returns, resurrected from the dead. He spends some time with his followers. He ascends right into heaven, and then boom, we're in this story, and all of a sudden this guy named Justice shows up on the scene. It's before the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost in Acts 2, but it's after the ascension of Christ. And so basically what happens is after Jesus ascends, the disciples, they return back and and they're sort of just waiting for the Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit. And they also know that they are supposed to replace Judas, who was the one who betrayed Jesus. And so they have only 11 disciples. They need 12. So it comes down to these two final people who are going to be the replacement of Judas. Only one of them can replace Judas. And it comes down to our friend Justice, who we're talking about today, but then also this guy named Matthias. And Matthias actually ends up being chosen. Spoiler alert, I'm going to go ahead and tell you now. Matthias ends up being chosen to replace Judas. And that leaves our friend who we're looking at today, Justice, uh, left to, to kind of be looked over. And, and so let's read this passage real quick. It comes again right after Jesus ascends into heaven and the disciples, they, they come back together. And what they're doing here is they're about to choose who to replace Judas. So this comes from Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 15. It says this, During this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, he said, The scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit, speaking through King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. Peter continued, It was written in the book of Psalms where it says, this is when he was talking about that it was predicted by King David. He says, in the book of Psalms, it says these two things, Let his home become desolate with no one living in it. That's referencing Judas. But then it also says, let someone else take his position. So now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us, whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. When they all prayed, O Lord, You know every heart. 
Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry, for he has deserted us and has gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other eleven. And that's the end of the story of justice. That's all we hear about justice in the Bible. He's this one-hit wonder, this kind of forgotten character in many ways. It's basically the only place we see his name in Scripture. Uh, but there, there's much that we can learn from him today. So let's look at this. What do we know about this Joseph Justice person? So, of course, Acts 1 tells us, we just read it, that he was with Jesus from the very beginning. From his baptism through the ministry, death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus, he had been one of the original guys, one of these faithful followers. In the Christian tradition, a lot of what we know about justice actually comes from outside the Bible within the Christian tradition, some of the historians or some of the accounts that we have. And in the Christian tradition, he's listed actually as one of those 70 disciples that Jesus sends out for ministry. Remember two by two in Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends these 70 out two by two to go do ministry. Christian tradition says that justice was one of those. His nickname was Justice. Uh, as I've already mentioned, which is a Latin name meaning just, obviously. And he was probably given this name because of his great integrity. So this is a guy who was just, not only did he have great integrity, but he had such great integrity that people gave him the nickname for it. Uh, History also tells us that Justice went on to become the Bishop of Eleutheropolis, Eleutheropolis, which is about 30 miles southwest of Jerusalem. So about 30 miles away, he would eventually become a bishop there, and he became a church planter. He continued on in ministry after he was not chosen to be one of those 12 disciples. And then also, according to early church history, uh, Justice was imprisoned by the evil Roman emperor Nero, and uh, who was, uh, you know, he was imprisoned for his faith in Christ. But around the same time that he was imprisoned is actually when Paul was killed for his faith. And of course, Nero knew all about this as, as Paul was one of the main guys that needed to be killed. And, and tradition says that when justice was killed, uh, that, excuse me, that when justice was, was taken captive, imprisoned, that Nero had a vision of the just murdered Paul showing up into his vision and it scared Nero so much that he actually released justice immediately from prison. Uh, But eventually justice would die as a martyr for his faith. So that's really all we know about the life of justice from the word and from Christian history. It's not a lot, but I believe there are some things that we can learn from his life. Uh, There are three quick things I want us to see here on this podcast, ways that our faith can grow by looking at this one-hit wonder from the word justice. The first thing we can see is that faithfulness to God does not always mean you end up on top. Remember, justice was faithful in ministry for three years to Jesus. It said that he had to be there from the beginning, from the time that Jesus was baptized at the beginning of his ministry. So that means that justice must have left everything to follow Jesus, and he had given up three years of his life already I mean, Justice was nicknamed for his integrity, and yet when it came time to replace Judas, he wasn't selected. You know, I'm guessing that you've been in in a place like this before. You've applied for that job, you know, you've asked that girl out, you've wanted that spot in the sorority, you've wanted that position on the leadership team. 
you've been praying, you've been prepping, you know, and, and as you were praying and prepping, I'm guessing the thought crosses your mind. You know, I, I've really been faithful lately, you know, like I, I've been pretty godly lately. I've had a lot of quiet times, you know, I, I've been nice to my roommates. I, I bought that homeless person a Chick-fil-A sandwich the other day. And then when the time comes to find out, you know, if you're chosen for this position, you get the news that you're not hoping for, and it just doesn't seem to add up. You, you don't get it. You know, it, it brings us to this important question about our faith. Is your godly living and desire to glorify God through your life and ministry to others simply a means to an end for you? Is it just a means to an end? Meaning, do you only do these things so that you can hopefully have a good life with your preferred outcomes? What kind, you know, what, what kind of thinking is going through your head as you are trying to live for God? Because that kind of thinking is dangerously close to a works-based faith or perhaps even karma, you know, or maybe it looks a lot like the Pharisees who were just using religion to build themselves up. I want to challenge you to make sure that your faithfulness to God is an end for you and not a means to an end. I mean, what if you never got what you wanted for the rest of your life? Obviously, that's probably not going to happen. But what if you never got what you wanted? Would that throw off your faithfulness to God? Would that throw off your desire to live for him? Faithfulness to God doesn't always mean you end up on top. And we see that in the life of justice. The second thing is this, that justice wasn't selected for this position because there weren't enough spots. It had nothing to do with his qualifications. Justice wasn't selected for this position just simply because there weren't enough spots. I mean, many times we, we take things too personally. We allow the outcomes to determine our worth and our confidence. I want to say that last sentence again. We allow the outcomes to determine our worth and our confidence. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You don't get that job. You don't get into that group. You don't get into the grad school that you wanted. And you assume it's because that you just weren't good enough or you just weren't qualified. And many times this isn't true. Many times the people making the decision are sitting on the other side of that moment and they're saying things like this, man, this candidate is so qualified. I wish we had two spots available. You know, they're so gifted. They're so right for this position. Both of these people are so, they're such great options for us. You know, I know that this is true because I've been there about, you know, a few dozen times at this point over the last few years where we have one spot or two spots for a position or on a mission trip or on a leadership team or on our staff. And there are multiple qualified people. And it's such a difficult decision. It has nothing to do with their qualifications. I mean, Acts 1, going back to justice, it shows us that he was in the final two and that he met every qualification. And from a human perspective, the disciples didn't know which way to turn. The choice wasn't obvious between the two of them. So they prayed more, they, and then they even cast lots to let God's sovereignty decide you know, who would fill this spot. And by the way, casting lots is this Bible thing that we don't do anymore because we are living on the other side of Pentecost when we receive the Holy Spirit. But remember, this is before Pentecost. And casting lots, it's a lot like if you remember in Judges chapter 6 with Gideon, you know, he lays out the fleece to see God's will. You know, it's sort of like that where you're trying to just let God decide. It's like, we don't know what to do. It's so close. These two people just are both, from a human perspective, great for the job. You know, I don't advise you doing this, you know, rolling dice or doing whatever casting lots is. But the point is that this was a close call for justice. Such a close call that they went to extreme measures to figure out who would replace Judas. So assuming you aren't qualified enough to get the spot, that is a dangerous thing for your confidence going forward. 
you should be realistic, of course. Why didn't you get the position? Maybe there are good reasons, things you can grow. But also, I think it's important for you to assume the best and not instantly assume the worst. Because sometimes it isn't about qualification. And thankfully, justice here. He didn't let this derail him in his faithfulness to God or in his confidence or in his worth or in his life of ministry. He kept leaning into those things, the ministry that God had ahead of him. You're going to see this in our final point coming up next, which is point number three, our final point. Justice didn't let the disappointment derail him. I mean, I'm sure that Justice was disappointed when he wasn't chosen. What an honor to be chosen as one of those 12 disciples. I mean, think about the last three years. He probably looked upon these 12 guys who were that close to Jesus during the life and ministry of Christ. He looked upon those guys for three years, probably in envy. He probably prayed for them often that God would use their leadership. Then he has this opportunity to become one of them and he isn't chosen. I'm certain he was disappointed. But what is amazing is that from here, he doesn't just fall off the grid of the early church. Even without the title of being one of those 12, he goes on to be a church planter. He goes on to carry the gospel to others anyways. History tells us that this town that Justice went to, to minister in, had had a rough few decades ahead of it. In AD 68, the Roman emperor at that time, Vespasian, he would come to their town and kill almost all of the people in that town, and he would enslave the rest. Think about those 20 or 30 years of ministry in between this moment in Acts chapter 1 and AD 68 when their whole town would be raided and most people would be killed. Those 20 or 30 years of ministry that Justice got to have because Justice was faithful to continue ministering and building a church and building hope and and sharing the gospel after this disappointing news of not becoming a disciple, God would use him to save so many, I'm sure. He would use him to build a local church. He would use him to to give this town hope in the dark days of suffering that were soon to come. Michael Todd is is a famous and influential pastor in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he just tweeted this a couple days ago. Delayed doesn't mean denied. Delayed doesn't mean denied. What about you? Have you let disappointment derail you? I mean, maybe you applied for something, you didn't get it, And then you just backed off. Maybe you went from super involved to mad, sad, frustrated, and and just pulled way back. Or or maybe you just pulled totally out of whatever you were doing. Are, Are you sure that was the right decision? Delayed doesn't mean denied. Maybe God was protecting you so that you could go do something better. Or go to the place that God was preparing for you all along like he did with justice. You know, had justice been picked to to replace Judas, who knows if the people in that town would have ever been reached with the gospel as quickly before that AD 68 event happened. We can trust God in the disappointing news. We don't have to let it derail us. So maybe you can relate with justice a little bit. Perhaps you've been passed over or, or you weren't chosen for something. I want to challenge you to pray and ask God to give you the faithful heart that justice had. There is so much ministry and so much opportunity ahead of you, especially after disappointment. So don't miss it when you're frustrated. Don't miss it when you're disappointed, but lean into it and allow God to continue to use you for whatever is ahead. So that's all the time we have for today in this one hit wonder episode of our podcast. We're going to continue this series of looking to minor characters in the Bible who can teach us major faith lessons over the next few weeks. 
Be sure to hit subscribe right now so that you can have those delivered to your podcast feed instantly every time we upload one of these podcasts. Love you guys and praying for you. And as always, we want to remind you that Hebrews chapter 12 says this, no matter what is happening around you, if you are in Christ, you may be shook, but you can't be shaken. See you next time.